beneath a blanket of clouds laden with sulfuric acid and other volatile compounds lies a rocky wasteland where surface temperatures are high enough to melt lead. From Earth, it is one of the brightest objects in our skies. Countless civilizations have closely followed the movements of our brilliant planetary neighbor. It has been the focus of human imagination since the beginning of recorded time, gathering a plethora of names from cultures long dead. Fantastic visions of what could lay beneath the all-encompassing cloud cover have swirled through the pages of science fiction and scientific literature. Even after discovering what was beneath the clouds was a heat-blasted hellscape, the planet still holds secrets that we are still slowly beginning to unlock. In 2017, a team of scientists reviewed atmospheric data that made a few heads turn after showing the presence of a certain gas that, on Earth, is normally present alongside life. This case file joined the theorists as they tried to keep their heads out of the extremely poisonous clouds and tried to keep their beers cold on the solar system's hottest planet in the search for life on Venus. Case file 232, life on Venus. I'm Braden. I'm Sal. I'm Dan. And I'm Andrew. You heard it here first. There's a brand new alien race that's just been discovered on Venus. Yeah. Uh, breaking news. Um, this was, of course, the Ron Pond pole fan pole pick. <laughs> oh, my. Whoa. <laughs> nice. Oh, All right. Nice. Oh, to pick. Professional uh, podcaster. Uh, so, you know, every, once a hey. month... We got to stress this right away here, like how important it is to get on Patreon because A, you get your own voice once a month to decide what we get to record. And B, Braden is wearing the same shirt two days in a row. He needs the money to buy another shirt. So yes. please sign up for fucking Patreon. Yes. Please. Well, I, I gave Braden the benefit of the doubt. I, I just thought he owns two of that shirt. No way. No, 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 way. no, 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 no. <laughs> not a chance. You guys know me too well. I'm pretty sure it's even just flipped inside out, so it's not as stinky. I <laughs> uh, no, it's just hanging on the back of my I just took it off and hung it on the back of the chair. Uh, <laughs> after last night. A bit. Yeah. It's business attire. No, I, I this was strategic, and you will see why later. But if you want to get your voice heard and you want to pick, uh, you can jump on our patreon.com, patreon.com slash alien theorist podcast, uh, ten dollar tier and up. Get your voice he heard and uh, dictate where the show goes. Uh, we give you a range of topics to choose from, and the highest vote gets the last case file of the month. And this month, it is life on Venus. So if it sucks, it's on you, the fans. It's your fault. <laughs> choose your own adventure. Hopefully, yeah, you chose right. It was. Yeah. It, it usually comes down actually pretty close. Like there's, I, I post three topics every month and uh, to, to choose from in the poll, and then it's usually like two of them come out pretty close. Like it's within like four or five votes. So like, just so you know, if you're not on Patreon, like get those four or five votes, they count. Like every vote counts. Unlike some democracies. Yeah. <laughs> every vote does count here. And No voter fraud on Patreon. The 
the interesting thing about life on Venus is because like, you know, forever, you know, we, we just were basically gave Venus the cold shoulder. We're like, nothing could live on that fucking hellscape that, you know, goddamn hellfire acid planet. And then in uh, what was 2020 or it was a 2019 where they, they were like uh, 2017 was when stuff started shaping up and then they made the announcement in 2000, I think it would have been 18. No, it was, yeah. I think it was even later than that because we talked about it on space news a couple of years ago. Th- that's yeah. what I thought too. Yeah. yeah. And basically there's, you know, they're like, they're like, wow, there's, you know, there might be life in the atmosphere of, of Venus. We'll get to it as we go farther on. But if you remember from a couple of years ago, phosphine gas, which on earth can be a signal of, Penguins. <laughs> space space penguins. Well, I can't penguins. remember. Was Venusian it, penguins. It was basically, the, it's the amount of phosphine gas, though, right? Because there could be phosphine gas from like volcanoes and that type of shit, but... Right. So, the, uh, yeah, phosphine is a, is a type of gas which has a uh, extraordinarily short kind of shelf life. Like once, it get, once it's exposed to oxygen, sunlight, those kinds of, uh, those kinds of uh, elements and stuff, it will degrade super fast. But... Uh, during um, some reviewing of some of the data that we've collected on Venus over the years, uh, a team of scientists went through it all and they found that there seems to be a large, a larger amount of phosphine gas present in the atmosphere of Venus that could potentially point towards there being some type of life on there. So we'll get to it. We'll get, we'll get more into it as we go along. But okay, yeah, we'll get more yeah. into it. That w- we did touch on Space News so, and we're going to get to it. But Venus... I mean, quick fact about Venus, Venus, one day is longer than one Venusian year. Isn't that correct? <laughs> it does not move. It's very slow. It yeah. just fucking barely turns. Yeah, the worst fucking Monday in existence. Well, like a, a complete uh, revolution is what, uh, it's 200. Mondays, am I right? You've said that 367 times in the last couple of days. Fuck you. <laughs> 243 days. Earth yeah, days. yeah, and then a year is two hundred twenty four, two hundred twenty three. It's been Monday for two hundred <laughs> days. <That's crazy. laughs> is that so? Does that make it kind of like a fucking? Because basically, it's going backwards. Essentially, is it like the Benjamin Button planet? <laughs> Do you go there and just get younger? It's a good question. It's the because it also what? It's the only planet that doesn't rotate clockwise. Yeah. Weird. So they. Like they think that sometime in its history, it got knocked and was actually, it flipped around, like flipped upside down and now it rotates the other way. Yeah. So if we go by <sighs> Superman, well, if we go by say, Superman rule. Maybe Superman actually <laughs> fucked that planet up. And he that was, no, that was the trial. That was the, the yeah. see if it works. <laughs> Lois died on that planet. Spoiler. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Super long days, the worst Monday morning in existence. Yeah, well, it's pissing acid rain. Acid rain, sulfuric clouds, mainly carbon dioxide atmosphere, surface temperatures of like 450 plus degrees I can Celsius. Just see somebody just like burning away, you know, on the ground and then an alien pops up and says, this guy's got a case of the Mondays, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mondays, am I right? <laughs> High five. Oh no, your skin's melting. Venusian yeah. Dilbert. <laughs> yeah. But all these yeah. things we know about Venus now we didn't know for a long time. So there's, there was a lot of cool theories about potential life on Venus. And that's pretty much what this case file is going to be about. Yeah. Um, like Brayden said, the, uh, recently, and I'm probably like in the last couple of decades, our, our interest in Venus has cooled, but the, uh, over 
the human history, over the period of human history, recorded human history, uh, Venus has been uh, very influential in the kind of cultures around the world um, because it actually is a, it's a fairly interesting uh, astral body. Like it, the, the way it behaves in our night sky and our, you know, sometimes the morning sky. A morning uh, star, baby. Yeah, people have always taken an interest in it. That it's always kind of been up there, and and it's what it's the second brightest object in our sky, uh, next to the Polaris. So you have uh, because the movements of Venus actually appear to be discontinuous. So it appears sometimes uh, when it because of its proximity to the sun, it will actually for days at a time it would seem to disappear and then reappear on the horizon. So some cultures actually believe that it wasn't actual, it, it wasn't a single entity, but two. And so, um, Idiots. I think the, <laughs> <laughs> um, so you always had like the, it, there was this cool duality between it. Like this is where you get, um, like Brayden said, you had the, the morning star or the, uh, the light bringer. So sometimes in the, when it would rise in the morning, it'd be in the morning, uh, on the horizon, it would be Lucifer and then Vesper it'd be its evening aspect. Uh, you know, according to the to the Rome, ancient Romans. Now, Venus and Jupiter were actually the two first two planets to be observed with telescopes. Um, Galileo used his early telescope to actually discover that Venus had phases, just like our moon does, and then that proved that it was actually spherical and it was located closer to the sun than Earth was. Was he burned at the stake the same way as like Pernicus or whatever those other dudes who said <laughs> he had to rec? I believe he had to recant his thing. They had him recant the uh, his because it, but because it was him. There was like what, was Copernicus and there was another dude, uh, Tyke, Tychonic or something. They Tycho, both had Tycho Brahe, something like that. Uh, I'm trying to remember astronomy 101 class, but <laughs> they pretty yeah, they both said that because they. I mean, religion would have you believe that everything revolved around Earth. Mm-hmm. And when any, when people made these or presented these new scientific claims that, no, perhaps actually we'd go around the sun and that's why we see phases of Venus and the like. They're like, you shall die. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> As they're lighting the fucking cross. Yeah. yeah. Are you sure about Are you that? sure? Would you yeah. like one final Straight chance? to jail. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're about to have a case of the Mondays real quick, buddy. Uh, so the early telescopes that we had access to were, you know, the basic, very optical telescopes, just bending light through a couple lenses and, and kind of what the human eye could see. That was all the information that you could gather, uh, by looking at some of these, uh, that wasn't the earliest telescope, Dan, you're forgetting about this one. (laughs) Right. Right. Uh, Hand over the eye trick. Yeah. Uh, Everyone knows that enhances. Focus a bit. Double lens. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, Get it right. So uh, what what we could gather with just a, a visual uh, on Venus is that you could see that, that Venus is just extraordinarily featureless because the entire pretty much surface of Venus is covered almost uniformly with cloud cover. So you couldn't, yeah. they couldn't see anything beyond those. Not like always, the fun clouds that we have. Yeah, they always thought thought of it as like it was a gaseous planet, like it wasn't a terrestrial body. Because yeah, you just by looking at it, you would think that there's no way, <laughs> there's no way this is not like a like a gas planet. And so with that, once we're able to actually observe Venus and it's and it's kind of natural thing, and it's just like yeah, it's covered in clouds. We can't get any any more information. So interest waned a bit, except in the area of kind of like 
uh, it, those scientists that were kind of theorizing about what it could be. Imaginations ran wild. Sci-fi authors had a ton of fun with Venus being this planet that was completely covered by clouds. So you could really put anything down there. Uh, they originally, I mean, there's, there's tons of stories that are set on Venus, uh, some by, uh, you know, others like Edgar Rice Burroughs, uh, who wrote Tarzan and John Carter of Mars. And, uh, also, uh, HP Lovecraft did a couple ones who set, uh, like set ancient civilizations on Venus, you know, uh, the, one of the popular ones was, it was, a, they thought it was a jungle down there because you have all these clouds and where do you normally find a uh, lots of clouds above you know, a water-based planet like Earth. A water-based planet or, you know, jungles and things like that. You know, you go into some African, some of the African jungles, South American jungles, where it's like, uh, where there's all these trees and uh, rainforests and you have yes. all these clouds that cover over it. You can see yes. the mist forming. So because these, because our, our understanding of clouds hadn't gotten super far that on Earth, clouds are made of water, primarily water. So all of the ideas around Venus kind of, uh, revolved around it being a wet planet. Uh, Jungle see, planet? So, yes. Water world. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, by 1918, you had Nobel laureate chemist Savant Arthenius. Uh, I believe, is that his name? Arthenius. <laughs> That's straight out of Harry Potter. That's fucking red. No doubt. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> He's he came to the conclusion that the, uh, that the cloud cover on Venus was actually water vapor, and he declared in his book, Destinies of the Stars. A very great part of the surface of Venus is no doubt covered with swamps and and compared Venus uh, humidity to the Congo's tropical rainforest. So this is, a, this is a Nobel laureate chemist. And he thought that... Hey, it, trust it the jungles. science. There you go. I, you know, just taking what information he had and said, hey, but he went for it. I, I admire that. He went for yeah. it. So it's like, yeah... Uh, he, there's a lot of fun books and, and stories out there that's that are set on the jungles of Venus. And, you know, they thought that uh, what life did exist down there was perhaps some kind of like primordial version of Earth. So you had, I think a lot of them were like dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. Uh, I mentioned that H.P. Yeah. Lovecraft and it was definitely reptile people. Monsters. Like reptilian yeah. people lived in uh, these jungles, these ancient jungles of Venus. Uh, so it's always, uh, you find these things. But another one, like Zell mentioned, was that perhaps that... Another theory came along the pipeline and they that said that perhaps like since there were jungles, there had to be these large land masses, but a contending theory said that these large land masses that would support jungles couldn't exist because they would have generated atmospheric updrafts that would have broken up the planet's cloud cover. So if you had all these things, it would have just like... You, you wouldn't have the uniform cloud cover that... Over the whole planet, Venus we would presented. see some breakage of it where... Yeah, definitely pushed up. Like, yeah, if you had those continents with jungles and stuff, you would have a most likely a similar, like we have like the jet stream, which like you know circulates heat from the equator upwards and around, and like yeah, you, the clouds are continuously changing. But on Venus, it seems like it's just yeah. solid, dense S cloud. Yeah, so they're like Savante, you idiot. There's no chance <laughs> <laughs> of tropical rainforest. This is water world, baby. Yeah, so, you know, just Kevin Costner going around in his boat hunting mute sharks, which is pretty <laughs> rad, <laughs> too. Melting. <laughs> Melting. Um, so it wouldn't actually be until the 1960s and 70s when radar imaging uh, was used in a large amount and actually revealed what 
Venus had underneath her clouds. You had these rough surfaces and that it was Hell. actually solid. Like Zell said, this pretty much proved that that Venus had a rocky surface. It wasn't a gas giant. It wasn't a, a gas planet. It was a solid <laughs> solid rock ball covered She's in a body. sulfuric acid. Yeah. Because <laughs> we were able to like, we were able to take, um, we, we didn't have any direct samples of uh, the clouds on Venus. We couldn't send anything there. And I don't think we, we've never had a probe that's, you know, gotten, been able to go there and take samples, physical samples of the clouds in return. Not um, return, was, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I never seem to so return from when you send without them Without that, the best we can do is that we take uh, spectrographs, uh, which reveal the chemical composition of the clouds through the light that's reflected, which we use with, you know, a lot of stuff, stars and things like this. And, um, and you could take the temperature measurements of Venus. So we pretty much like that's, that's the best we could do with, uh, with trying to gather more information on this mysterious neighbor planet. Of and ours. the crazy thing for me, one of the craziest things is, is that if you were just like, if someone jumped out at me on the street and was like, Hey, what's the hottest planet in our solar system? I'd be like, Mercury. It's close to the sun. It's gotta be the hottest, not even close. To the hellscape that is Venus. Yeah, because like the Russians, they landed a few, I don't know what you call them. Like what do you call them? A probe? What do you call them? Probe, rover, So they've landed a few probes on Venus, but they like, I think the long, the one that lasted the longest was like 23 seconds. It was basically (laughs) able to get like a few, you know, it's like a few pictures and send it back. But it's interesting that the Russians seem to be a lot more intrigued by Venus than we were initially. Hey, like I wonder what it was that you know, drove them to pursue Venus. And they made contact with the Venusians first. Or maybe there was something to do with Ozeviakine, right? Like maybe they, maybe there was plans with Venus, you know, already, you know, prepared. And that's why they just maybe took over that mission to go. Maybe they knew that it was the closest to Earth before everybody else did. I don't know. Yeah, it is weird though. And and that's how we know though. <laughs> they're like, what's happening to the probes? They're like, we don't know. It's melting on entry. They're like, what do you mean? It's made of metal. They're like, it's gone. Yeah. Turn, yeah, turns out the surface <laughs> is 450 degrees and electronics can't keep up. And we don't know. Those clouds, those beautiful clouds we saw are sulfuric acid. <laughs> what do you want? Turns from out us? It's a poisonous, hellish scape that nothing, nothing we've sent there yet has been able to survive. I I imagine I got h- h- what kind of probe could survive? You what, you'd have to line it cuz lead would melt. You'd have to it'd be some type of high heat shielding some super shielded electronics like cuz <laughs> yeah, our I have electronics no idea how would you just fry down there to Anything even survive we, long enough. Like even if we had like a rover that could survive the heat which we could do with different metals I'm sure, just the heat inside of it would just fry the components. Like you'd have to yeah, be able to keep Yeah, all the all the measurement like all the diagnostic equipment would just be like like would yeah. wouldn't be able to do anything, really. <laughs> um so Venus uh Venus is kind of strange because it's actually the funny thing is like the, the way that it is now, the scientist the, there are a number of scientists who believe that it wasn't always like this. There's a, been a theory that's been kind of gaining ground, gaining steam for a while that perhaps it, it Venus kind of scares may me. have actually... <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> right? It scares me. That Venus may have been more Earth-like in the past. It may have actually been... A, the, the, the climate might have been a little bit more, in, uh, more resembling like ancient Earth, which might, would be 
maybe tolerable is a word, but like, but even if, like, if you went back like 65 million years, you'd probably still find it hard to breathe like, <laughs> uh, compared to like what our atmosphere uh, composition is like today. But Venus might've been something that you could actually like, you might've been able to at least stand on the surface and not get totally well, melted yeah. by <laughs> Venus is the closest rain. Venus is the closest planet to earth. It's like, they, they call it like the, the sister planet. It's almost right. the same size. It's a little chart here. The gravity is almost the same. The atmospheric pressure, though, because of the density of the atmosphere, is like you're 6,000 feet beneath the sea. Oh, yeah, wow. so you get instantly crushed. You're training like Vegeta at that point. Fuck yeah, man. Maybe that's what, like, that's... That's what the Russians want to do. They wanted to win some hockey games, man. That's what they want to do. They're going to send their Olympians That's the new doping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Our... They're like, well, everything's melting. They're like, all right. Yeah, well, it's great work for Goku. Let's try it. <laughs> and the other guy's like, hey, I got these needles. <laughs> all right, well, that's cheaper. <laughs> yeah, so it's very similar to the size of Earth. The density is very similar. So, I mean, say, because they always say like, it's a runaway greenhouse effect, like effect. Like some people say it was back, you know, a billion years ago or more, a runaway like volcanic episode on the planet evaporated all the oceans contributed to the mass of CO2 and it just couldn't recover. Like the climate just couldn't recover. And then we so, hopped on spaceships and, and ran away to Earth. To sister planet Earth. Earth. Yeah. No, first, uh, that was my theory for later, but first oh. Mars went to Mars, fucked that atmosphere up too, stripped it, the whole planet stripped the Mars. Then we jumped away to Earth and now look where we are. But when you go to, when you go to Earth first, Earth's closer, isn't it? Maybe, well, maybe Earth wasn't as habitable. Maybe it was a frozen oh, okay. solid wasteland back then. Uh, I don't know. That's fair. Okay. But okay. yeah, you, yeah, it stole it right from me. That's exactly right. I thought like, oh. say there was, it was earth-like and there wasn't a species that evolved to be fairly intelligent. And it, it was their uh, carelessness that caused the runaway greenhouse effect. They jumped to Mars, did the same thing to jump to earth. We just keep we're, we're and repeating cycles. Repeat the cycle, man. <laughs> Let's go. What's, you know, like to kind of get it, get a little weird before we continue is one of the, I was watching some videos about it and it was kind of mind bottling uh, how much, you know, the CO2 like heats can heat up a planet. And then they were talking about terraforming Venus. Like, could we do it? You know, and they're like, you know, it, we wouldn't have, we would need to be a little bit more technologically advanced and we would have to take on a project that was going to take lifetimes and probably like thousands of years to actually see through. But one of the things that they did is they were like, well, the first thing we're going to want to do is cool down the planet. And it doesn't have like, uh, they were like basically construct, we would use solar shades and then also start construction of a moon. Like as, because you couldn't just, because the earth, it rotates so slowly, it just, everything gets cooked. So you'd have to have like mirror systems <laughs> to basically control where sunlight could and could be, not be to make sure the planet was cooling. And then once all this stuff started freezing and all the carbon, like it's, the temperatures started to drop, like pressure and shit would go down and it would actually make it like a frozen hellscape. Uh, and then you would start mining that, like all the ice of the phosphine and all that shit and send it into space and start constructing a moon. And then when I was watching that, I was like, man, and that moon would do exactly like you could place it perfectly just like our moon. And I was like, I was a little cooked and I was like, whoa, <laughs> I was like, hey, that's exactly what we, they must've done that to us. Mm. 
That's uh, crazy. Well, the so makers tragic. of this video must not have seen the the sci-fi classic, uh, The Core, with everybody's favorite Aaron Eckhart. And yeah, seen that. all you have to do core. is drill to the center of Venus and set off a couple nukes and you could just start it spinning again. Yes. Like, duh. Come on. Well, hey, maybe Venus is a place where uh, Aaron Eckhart wasn't there to operate the ship and so it failed miserably. <laughs> Didn't have the man for the job. Damn it. Where were you, Aaron Eckhart? Uh, yeah, so um, uh, like I was saying, like you can see the the definite thing where it's like the definite cycle where it's like Venus like loses interest, gains interest, loses interest, gains interest, and we had this kind of thing. So um, with every little more stuff that we learn about it, it becomes more interesting. So you have uh, you know recent climate modeling that is that you know scientists have access to these the software and these tools to show that. Perhaps, yeah, Venus really was somewhere that could have been habitable at some point and, prob- and may have uh, had the proper setting for um, producing life at some point, you know, or at least like maybe not life as we, you know, you'd think like intelligent life, but something of a semblance of that. Now, maybe um, intelligent. Come on. Let's <laughs> maybe give it to intelligent. Him. Let's give it to him. <laughs> it's a billion years ago. We don't know. It's true. Uh, so... <sighs> They figure with the with the climate modeling, it was probably less than a billion years ago that the climate changed so drastically uh, to produce that runaway greenhouse effect that we talked about. So it can, it's kind of been theories that either like uh, it could have been some sort of artificially produced phenomenon. I, I don't, I'm not sure if any. <laughs> like, I'm not sure any scientists who've written any papers on this would like, kind of go with that one as their first pick. But you know, it's out there. Uh, and on this then, show, um, that's pick one. Um, but you know, a lot of other scientists would probably go with it. Perhaps there was some kind of, uh, uh, systematic or, uh, increase like a a drastic increase in uh, volcanic, uh, like volcanism. And so a bunch of volcanoes kind of set off and then everything kind of like that kind of, uh, added to this whole, started the whole cycle and kind of want to hear my theory on it. Sure. Yep. Billion years ago. Venus was coming out of a long and sustained ice age. Is continuously warming when a common impact hit the polar ice caps of Venus. But instead of causing a cascading warming, like melting effect, it caused worldwide volcanic eruption. So what I'm saying here is this is Venus's younger Dryas. Venus, the younger Venus. The younger younger Venus. (laughs) Younger Venus. (laughs) One billion years ago, it was a different asteroid, you know, plume every... No, it was the same one. It skipped off. Skipped off, came back a billion years later to finish off, us off. But so I'm thinking that's what's, hap- what's happened here. I mean, it makes sense. If I if I call my buddy uh, Graham Hancock, I'm sure he'll agree with me. Oh, I'm sure or, he will. Get him on the line. I'll co- I'm going to co-write a book. Get with the red phone. Get him yeah. on the red phone. <laughs> uh, and uh, like like uh, Andrew mentioned before, you had the Soviet Venera and Vega missions in the 1970s and 80s, which did managed to land on the surface of Venus. And they do have pictures of those. So we have actual photos of being you know, that they back. managed to send out before these, these probes uh, melted. Um, and you can look yeah, at it. And, if you, and it doesn't look like a super Do you nice remember place. the Mars probe when the battery was dying? And it said those sad words. Like, it's like, remember? It was getting dark. Yeah. And it was just heart, like heart-wrenching. Like, it's really sad. We have an audio clip of the probe on Venus's last moment. I'll oh, take my yep. headphones off. Ready? <laughs> yep, yeah. <laughs> I like how Andrew, Andrew knew right away. 
He's like, oh, I <laughs> to cut his headphones. <laughs> it just boiled from the inside. And yeah. yeah, he's about to boil my fucking brain from the inside. <laughs> uh, but uh, the, you know, scientists have used these these climate models and things that they've had of Venus to kind of help us uh, figure out, or at least have some sort of comparison uh, with what's happening on Earth. Of course, they're you know they're drastically different, and Earth is not a complete hellhole at this point. Uh, seems to be heading that way, but <laughs> slowly, maybe. <laughs> and maybe. Um, you, you have all these kinds of, uh, we have a lot of more information than we did before. Uh, like we said, so we have a, we had NASA's Magellan spacecraft, which visited Venus in the early 1990s, which used radar to actually see through the dense clouds that cover the surface. And it gave us a lot more detailed images of about 98% of Venus's surface. Um, and so there was a team of geophysicists recently, which I found uh, something kind of interesting is that they did a little, they put together a little study um, to search for geological evidence of the climate change event that um, happened on Venus. And this led them to actually focus on these, these really old types of rocks on Venus, like the oldest type of rocks, and they called them tesserae which apparently have a very complex appearance uh, that suggests a long and complicated geological history on the surface of Venus. Yeah, of getting just melted and crushed by unbelievable pressure. (laughs) Right, And but what they found was super interesting is that their research demonstrated that some of the younger lava flows on the surface and surrounding the the volcanic plains had actually filled in the valleys in the margins of this tesserae. And when they looked at these, they said that, and they compared to kind of similar structures on Earth, they found that these places perhaps had flowing water at some point. Like these lava flows had followed actual uh, like riverbeds, like ancient riverbeds. So perhaps that that, that showed them that there has perhaps been water Liquid water. Li- well, there's um, li- it's hard to tell if it's water, right? It's liquid something. Liquid something. But these, these, I guess these these lava flows and these lavas, you know, were filling in these these gaps in these tesserae and just being like, when you look at Earth, you're like, this is where flowing water goes. These look very similar to that. So that was one thing that they kind of found. Uh, that was a kind of a cool study from a couple of years ago. But the most so recent events is something a little bit different. So it's like, not only is it just like, like Mars or like on the moon where it's like, yeah, there's water up there, but maybe there's never been life. We have a little bit, you know, we talked about it before and we can kind of get into it now, uh, you know, after aliens, after aliens, right after the break, right after the break, (laughs) aliens in the clouds of Mars or clouds of Venus, both, (laughs) both (laughs) clouds of all planets. That's where the aliens lurk. Uh, (laughs) Clouds aren't real. Wake up people. Wake up sheeple. All right, we'll be we'll be right back. So now we're going to talk about clouds that are aliens, yeah, the clouds, <laughs> aliens living in the clouds. Uh, so clouds we this whole time, Care Bears are aliens. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you something right now; they don't care. They did live in the clouds. That oh, they did. God, that makes that yeah. makes so much sense now. They lived you ever on seen a cloud that looks like a dog. That's what they want you to see. so venus like we said before is is a pretty strange place it's it's totally uninhabitable to us to humans um but uh, the thing is is that once you get above the surface and you get above the clouds scientists uh estimate that you would actually be pretty habitable or 
to to humans ourselves. Where it's like if you get about at least sixty kilometers. I watched a whole season of the fucking Jetsons, man. It's nothing new here. Everybody they knows it. Yeah, and the above the clouds, because after we fucked up Earth. That's true. Some kind of, oh man. When you look back at the Jetsons, you think about that. It's like, oh man, it's just like down on Earth. It's like where all the poor people live, and it's just probably some like Morlock well, looking fuckers. They say it's where the Flintstones like, live. Oh. It's the same universe. All the cavemen That's, right. live That's true. Yeah, there. I've heard that one yeah. too. I've heard that there. Yeah. They had a crossover. <laughs> yeah. No, because they had the Jetson. They had a Jetsons yeah. Flintstones thing, and they went back in time. Yeah, there's a there's a Jetsons Flintstone crossover. Cool. So, uh, so conditions in the atmosphere about sixty kilometers above the ground are actually uh, you have temperatures here and pressure that are much closer to Earth, and so astronomers and space scientists uh, have long gathered evidence that something strange is occurring in this region of the Venusian atmosphere. So just like a tropical, almost tropical paradise in the sky. Well, maybe <laughs> perhaps. Well, I mean, that's what they said. It's like, it's pretty, it's it, yeah, it would, it would probably be like um, the atmosphere and the, the conditions would be a lot similar to some of the tropical, uh, the tropical areas here on earth. Like you could just essentially, you know, you make boats made of giant blimps just that would float on the, um, I mean, the clouds are fairly dense and you could just kind of float well, on there. You have these not giant Not only are the clouds islands. dense, like super dense, they are like the wind speeds are, are constant on Venus. Like the higher up you go in the atmosphere, like the faster the winds move. So like a balloon would, would work or theorizing if you had, say you were, say the whatever species was there, got advanced enough, they recognize the climate change that it's starting to spin, like it's, the wind is starting to pick up the atmosphere is thickening they can't breathe anymore you would make like a fortress with wings that would and anchor it to the ground and you could just float above the surface well until you your tether melted <laughs> no well, yeah but you could build the tether out of stuff that would yeah, be four, oh, it's only so. it's only 450 like 450 degrees is hot but it's not like gonna melt steel or it's not gonna melt like some alloy you know venus doesn't melt steel beams okay yeah. Come on, <laughs> wake up, sheeple. <laughs> uh, there's there's something that about like just living in cloud cities of Venus where I feel like everyone there would wear turtlenecks unironically. Yeah, you have a bunch of cool ass fucking Billy D. Williams hanging out there, man. Yeah, all fashionistas. <laughs> Cape, yeah, capes are coming back. Capes are in fashion yeah, on Venus. Well, that's they were. Cloud city, Every everybody's year. sexy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a rule where they just toss you. They toss you. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Yeah. There's no yes. evidence of murder on Venus. <laughs> so uh, something strange was kind of found out about Venus or it was observed of Venus about a hundred years ago. Uh, scientists actually noticed that there is these features in the atmosphere that appear to absorb UV light, ultraviolet light. And these features actually moved in synchrony with the rotation of Venus's atmosphere. So like, like Zell said, like the atmosphere is moving, the clouds are moving, planet itself, not so much, but you have this thing, uh, you know, the, the conditions have the atmosphere moving. And so they could kind of track these weird features that were kind of moving around. They weren't really sure what it is, but you know, uh, one of the quotes, um, from, uh, Sarah Seeger at MIT, uh, said that these, this unknown absorber absorber is remarkably efficient, capturing more than 50% of the solar energy reaching Venus with consequent effects on atmospheric structure and dynamics. Um, mm. And she's one of the principal investigators of this phenomenon. Now, um, Earth, on Earth, surprisingly enough, has a similar 
anomalous absorbance that's commonly referred to as the red edge, which is a fucking sweet name. That name. (laughs) Red edge. Um, That comes about because light is reflected from the Earth's surface, uh, uh, tends to be absorbed strongly in the red part of the spectrum. And this, this phenomenon is actually the result of photosynthesis on the surface. So, quote saying that the spectral characteristics of the Venus clouds, including the strong UV absorption, are consistent with the spectrum of certain types so of terrestrial uh, bacteria. Photogo f- synthesizing up there. Photogo oh, synthesizing. <laughs> I knew I should have paid attention to grade eight science. That's when I remember that word, but <laughs> something to do with plants, right? Yeah, it's what plants. It's true. Yes, it's the the process in which plants absorb. Utilize so sunlight in, to you when you get a degree and take a picture of plants, right? <laughs> yes, is that what that is. <laughs> it is, yeah, that's okay. exactly it. All right, perfect. Well, I think pretty much what we just discovered here is if we can find out what this unknown absorber is, we've solved the energy crisis for planet Earth. Fifty percent solar power—that's a pretty efficient oh, yeah. solar power, right there. Big chunk. Now the Float next up kind in the of atmosphere. <sighs> So the another weird thing <laughs> that's, about that's Venus, the power all the Venusian sweatshops for all their high fashion. <laughs> yeah, that's where that's all the cape factories. <laughs> uh, another discovery about Venus, and this is the more recent one, as was, everybody was really excited to hear when they made the big announcement. Because I remember posting it on our Discord when seeing a thing that they were popping up, like it was it's something really big was happening, and I was like, "This this is pretty neat." And like, um, I mean, I know in my head that. Like Venus has always been kind of uh, the clouds above Venus. Again, I've I've always heard about the you know floating above the clouds. Everything's pretty habitable up there. Like stuff could survive. And I'm like, why couldn't you have some type of life form that's kind of just floating? You know, they got some type of like buoyancy sacs. Like fish here have swim bladders. Maybe they just have something different. Gives yeah. them like negative buoyancy. And dude, even if some sort of bird that would just you you wouldn't have to. You would use zero efficiency. Because you just yeah. open the wings like a it's glider. Big old marahutes just yeah. fucking floating around. <laughs> Giant golden eagles. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A couple little meese. Well, I imagine they'd be I'd be I imagine they'd be super slender, right? Because you wouldn't have to you wouldn't have to be as big and powerful to like flap because of the wind speed, you would just glide. The entire time. Yeah, they'd be like the mythological rock that's like, it's a giant bird with no oh, feet, just yeah. like, just wings, just floats around. And then they just, as they age, they just fucking crash and melt into the clouds. <laughs> Stick or Yeah. The Venus Phoenix. Yeah. Sounds pretty fucking Never high. to rise again. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what they discovered actually is, like I said, when they went back and went through some of the data of the uh, atmospheric conditions on Venus, they found that there's a large amount of phosphine gas. Now, phosphine is a a toxic flammable gas with the characteristic of uh, its smell is very distinct. They say it smells like garlic or rotting fish. And phosphine is... Which is two very different smells, okay? (laughs) Garlic is fucking great. You had me. I was like, garlic? Oh, did garlic? Rotten fish? Mm. 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 Mm, Not so much. (laughs) Uh, phosphine is actually is also smells like flowers reactive. or ass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a highly reactive and it survives uh, like uh, like I mentioned before a, a very short time. Its presence in Earth's atmosphere uh, at the level of parts per trillion suggests it can 
it must be constantly produced. Uh, in this case, on Earth, it's by anaerobic uh, bacteria, bacteria that produce stuff without oxygen. But it's like it's constantly going on with on Earth. So therefore, we have phosphine gas in our atmosphere. It's able to be it's in detectable amounts. So I'm wondering Fun if fact, maybe though. I'm I'm wondering if maybe when it's in when it when it's in Gatorade, it smells like garlic, and when it's not, it smells like stinky uh, ass I fish. Hear, I hear you. Does that make sense? Depending which. Yeah. Okay. I got you. Okay. Fun fact right. also about phosphine. Walter White does it in the, when he gets abducted in the in Breaking Bad, like episode two to escape the trailer. He he throws like the he makes phosphine gas and then runs out and they die in the trailer. Oh, it's shit. super poisonous. Immediately yeah. poisonous to the respiratory system. Yeah, mm. in large and large amounts of large enough amounts. I, I yeah, so yeah, he he like threw it into the into the water and it reacted and made the puff of smoke. He jumped out. They inhaled it. They're toast. There you go. <laughs> Chemistry's cool, kids. So what you're saying is Walter White's from Venus. Yes, interstellar. I haven't seen the end of Breaking series. Bad, but I, I assume that's yeah. the uh, that's he, the end. He gets right? picked he up. Back. Yeah. He gets picked up. Off he goes. Yeah, I guess so that's where you that's where you learn how to make the perfect meth is on Venus. That makes sense. <laughs> uh, so now in 2017, uh, when they were gathering all this data and they made their announcement in, in 2020, big announcement that came out here, uh, you had uh, Jane Greaves at the head uh, from the University of Cardiff. And uh, she went through the all of her colleagues, like before they made this announcement, like I said, they started finding stuff in 2017. And there's a couple of good articles about um, her kind of process that she went through kind of going through this. And it's like when you when she looked at this this data, she's like, "There's no way. There, there, there's no way. This this is something that could change, literally change everything." And so she ran this through a whole bunch of other scientists, like a team. She kind of gathered a bunch of people together who were, you know, specialties in their fields, kind of putting together. It's like, could this be produced by by something else besides? you know, the stuff that we see here on earth? Could it be uh, a geophysical reaction? Could it be something that's the, the interaction with the, the organic chemicals in the, in the clouds, something else like this ran through all this data. But like when they got through all of this at the end, there's still like the best explanation that they could kind say of say it, Dan, say it, they could put through is that say it. there's a good chance that, you know, say it. It, it, that there is life, something ah, producing aliens, this aliens, aliens, aliens. <laughs> on on Venus. So, but so it, it, that's the thing. There's so a great movie montage moment of all of the like scientists getting the paper, like, oh, what is this? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Let's. Well, this can't be right. <laughs> like cr crunching numbers, shaking their papers around, well, doing it had circles. To be, it had to be, <laughs> Yeah, it had to be amazing. I assume it was it was really amazing and kind of flooring for her to kind of look at this. I imagine it's kind of the same the same reaction they had when they had the wow signal from the yeah. from SETI and like they found that thing they like circled it and they're like that's weird. Or when I read like, a full strange. sentence, same, same same. It's quite remarkable. Yeah. And so they like um, so they went through all these things. So again, so one of the the I mean, there's two kind of theories right now that they're still trying to run against each other. It's like it could be life. Very possible. Something that we've seen on Earth, like it, it's very similar. And then the other contending theory is that perhaps it's it could possibly be some type of geologic reaction or something that's going on in Venus that we've never seen before. So it's definitely it's either something we've never seen before or it's something that we've seen Aliens. before, but here on Earth. 
Well, there's now there's, we just went through the two. You said the one could be a terrestrial bacteria. So life in Mm -hmm. a way, right? Right. Phosphine gas, possible life. All these, you know, all these skeptics trying to throw out, throw it away and just say it's some natural. We just don't know. It's some natural phenomenon. Come on, just say it, everyone. Yeah. Well, it's just, it could be something we've never seen before. Either one to either prospect to me. Yes. Life is super cool. And I would love to see you know, some type of weird, what about uh, like jellyfish? Isn't it like Occam's razor yes. razor though? Wouldn't that just make you kind of go towards there being life? Well, yeah, it could be. And it's, but it's like, you know, science is like, you can't, it, there's always the 0.1% chance. And it's like, nothing's ever 100%, but uh, you know. So it, what you're just, saying is this is 99.9% aliens. Absolutely. Well, no. That's, That's what I heard. <laughs> Slam the gavel. It's over. Case closed. There's yeah. fucking aliens on Venus. Whether that be single-celled aliens or super smart blue, t- hot, sexy lady aliens. That's yeah. the way I picture it. High That's fashion maybe. Venusians. Yeah. It's on their cloud towers. <laughs> blue, sexy stuff for sure. <laughs> hey, it's like there. We got it. I mean, what we do know from what we do know, the Venusian atmosphere contains oxygen, methane, uh, in amounts that can't blue se- produced by blue sexy aliens. Oh, they produce, uh, produce methane. <laughs> they produce they methane. Fucking Greek. <laughs> it just stink. It's not super fun. Um, it, it, the amounts in which the the atmosphere contains these elements, oxygen and methane, uh, can't be easily explained. Is what they're saying. So, um, and, and astronomers have recently found evidence of these unexpected amounts of phosphine. And also the presence of ammonia in the atmosphere is also important because that would actually neutralize the sulfuric acid that we talked about as contained within the clouds. So if this ammonia is in is in present in such amounts that it's able to neutralize this, this would make it even more likely that there would be a survivable atmosphere there, like more habitable to, to life that is in the, in the clouds, in the clouds. Well, similar and, to and to be honest to me, I'm like, I, I, when I look at this and again, I, this might surprise everyone, but I'm not a scientist, What? Uh, what? <laughs> but like, you know, how many times do we were, you know, where we're like, there's this volcano on earth and it's so hot by these water jets. There's, there's not a chance there could be any, it's so in it inhospitable to life we can't do it and they're like oh shit there's little bacteria eating it living it fine but you're like oh okay life shit. finds a way baby we are like they're shit at 500 degrees yeah and so when you say like as soon as you say they're like hey venus has like a goldilocks zone of like pretty decent weather like not even pretty harsh i'm going well and we're seeing these like the signs that could be like i'm like I'll make the leap. That's pretty easy for me to make the leap and say, well, then I would say there's some sort of microbial life in the fucking skies of Venus. Like that's easy peasy. At the very least. Very least. It could be something else. I, th- blue I think I kind of saw blue, blue sexy lady aliens. I'm Who was the, um, what were they? What were those fucking aliens that uh, Corey good? The blue. Um, the Mantis. No, the, uh, he called them the, I think he called them the avians, actually. The blue avians. That's what they were. Corey Good, the guy from, he yeah. was the secret space program dude. The first guy, at least. He he said, hey, blue sexy aliens. Blue sexy aliens. They were bird people? I, I think okay. actually in one of his interviews, he did call them attractive. He must have. So, Weird. I think he's seen them. <laughs> Objectively attractive aliens. <laughs> I mean... I guess. I don't know. <laughs> if you got to think for birds. Oh, they'd be so snotty to us. 
So snobby. <laughs> the birds. The the Venusians. The blue avians. Yeah. Why would they be snide? Hmm. I just think so. They'd be like looking down at us. Look at that homo sapien. <laughs> With his walking, walking skin. around, yeah. walking around on the ground, yeah. breathing like oxygen. Yeah. <laughs> Petty. Disgusting. Petty. So now that we have some pretty good evidence for Venus, this is because when they made this announcement, there wasn't any really, there wasn't anything really unslated for any type of exploration mission to kind of Venus. There hadn't been really anything kind of laid out. I, don't, I think anything doing, to Venus, doing with Venus had kind of been put on the back burner since the 70s and 80s. Like pretty much since the Russians landed their landers on here and they're like, this place is a fucking hellhole. We're not coming back here. Never mind. Um, we just spent a billion dollars to make a rover that lasts 20 seconds. Right. And now <laughs> this is kind of, this is, Re, you know, this is revamped the interest in Venus once again to being like we should get something out there. So there is a there is a organization called the Venus Life Finder Mission, and they are a private. They're looking for Earth's funded sexiest series. studs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're they're a privately funded uh, series of focused missions to Venus that will take advantage of an opportunity uh, for high risk. High reward science, which stands wow. to possibly answer wow. one of the Sound greatest pretty sexy wow. to me. Yeah, that's fucking sexy. I mean, I'm reading between the lines here, Dan, <laughs> but I think I know. I think I know what they're looking for. Are they? Is this? Can you watch us on Netflix? Like, I think I fucking seen this shit. <laughs> Love Island, Love Planet here, same shit. <laughs> <laughs> Nick and Vanessa Lacey or whatever the name is hosting. <laughs> Love above the clouds. That's what it's called. Nicholas hosted by Nicholas Shea, yeah. formerly of what? What was it? Was he ninety-eight <laughs> degrees? Ninety-eight 90 degrees. degrees? Yeah. yeah, he yeah. was married Jessica yeah. Simpson, right? Now he's yeah. four hundred fifty degrees. We pair. We pair up two different species. Can they find love? Is Where love? Put it. Is it love? <laughs> They There's too many it. holes. They can, <laughs> yeah, all their reality shows in one cross species. <laughs> you got something there. Maybe I'll text John, the producer. Yeah. Say, we got, we got our new show, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You said Forget you want to go first. Theorists. Yeah. Forget you just got to get funding theorizing. to send us to Venus. It's yeah. a big deal. Easy peasy. Put us on the next one. Um, yeah. So Please. there are three. There are three planned missions that they have uh, that are kind of penned out so far uh, from this Venus Life Finder mission. And so uh, they've got one that's due for launch in 2023, uh, uh, next year. And this one will be a ballistic drop through the atmosphere. And it will use a laser to illuminate, excite, and study organic molecules during the descent. But it will seat... <laughs> what they, they say, quote, it's a, but, it will be a, but it will be a seat of the pants flight the drop provides only a few minutes of which to study the atmosphere. So it's like, just kind of <laughs> like they just shoot it down in Shoot, there. Yeah. And then just crash so it. Just, just a quickie is what you're saying. Yeah. Just a quickie. Yeah, in and out. Just a in and out. Just a tip. <laughs> just a tip. In All right. Just an in. <laughs> just an in and then it melts. <laughs> then it melts. You got. Die yeah, happy. 20. Yeah. Go quick. Uh, then they have another one, which is like, they're going to, uh, they plan to send a balloon, like an actual balloon. So you, you drop this second one through, it goes through the atmosphere and then it would kind of, uh, it would deploy some kind of flotation, you know, something to keep the the the, the diagnostic equipment platform that they're going to use kind of floating for about a week 
through the atmosphere and then perhaps being able to gather up some samples uh, to actual study. So kind of like what the what the Mars rovers are doing right now, uh, going around and kind of just picking up little samples and then kind of being doing what it can there, you know, by itself uh, on the planet. And then the third one, the third one would actually be the probably that is going to be the most difficult one, which would be that uh, an actual sample return. So that would involve another balloon, uh, similar to the second one, uh, but this time it would carry a rocket uh, with the equipment that would be able to gather samples and then ascend back out of the atmosphere and then return to Earth oh. so we could take a closer look We're as fucking crazy. what is actually there on Venus. We're fucking crazy. Let's bring back a sample of the fucking hell planet to Earth. <laughs> that's how we that's get symbiotes, people. Yeah, yeah that's, that's how, how we get started, symbiotes. people. Come on, man. Yeah, you drop it, you bring it back here, it escapes. It's actually like like we're just saying, like, oh, it's some new something unobserved, un like unknown. It's some new molecule that's actually like predatory and it just starts replicating itself and taking all over to the, all the atmosphere. The and aliens that was the are away. the clouds. They are the clouds. They are the clouds. I'm talking about Dan. <laughs> well, it's one of those things where you like think about how, how difficult life must be on a place like Venus. So like you'd have to have like where there's like habitable zones, these things must thrive. Right. And, you know, have a short time to really grow and expand and do the thing. Then you bring it to Earth and they're just like, you know, take over. It's like, ah, we're spread as fast as I can. What's that? What was that movie with uh, the aliens back in the day? And it had uh, David Duchovny. Um, Evolution? Evolution. Yeah. That was the movie. And it all <laughs> spreads. That's exactly what's going to happen. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Don't do it. Careful. Don't fucking Careful do it. it. Careful yeah. with that atmosphere, man. It could be, it's a contagious atmosphere. I, I think I remember watching, I watched the whole announcement like back uh, when they put it on YouTube or whatever, like when it went the live announcement, which was pretty cool. And of course, everyone's being like, oh, life on Venus, you know, can you, you're trying to ask a scientist like, so is there life? And like, well, we don't know. And it's like, and then you have to ask a scientist, always ask them if you want, if you want to know the weird stuff, be like, can you speculate for us? <laughs> you always, always ask them that question. Uh, and then the they'll usually spot. get into the weird. That's when the, that's, that's when the fun starts because you'd be like, can you speculate about what they win? And I think I remember one <laughs> of them. Uh, it might have been the lead, the lead lady was talking about that. Perhaps you know, just on speculation and kind of being like, perhaps it's some type of like, like a migratory organism or a group of organisms or even like maybe like a giant one. I don't know, but that just kind of like they move with the clouds. Like they just they just follow the clouds because what that's they what said they is they saw the evidence of these patches. Um, these large areas where like the the UV light is being absorbed, but it moves with the planet. So it's like, it's moving there. So there's something there Ghosts. that they're just kind of finding oh, really shit. weird. Ghosts. Ghosts. <laughs> They'll go back. Ghosts of go Venus. Yeah. Ghost planet. Sequel to the, the, the Ghost of Mars. acclaimed Ghosts of Mars. That Natasha Hendridge, did that have Natasha Hendridge? It had oh, Ice Cube right. in it. Yeah. Ice T. Are you sure? Was it Ice T? Sure. I thought it was Ice, ice Cube too. I thought it was Ice Cube. Pretty sure it's Ice T. Well, Ice T was in Rick and Morty. Yes. No, it was Ice Cube. That's what I said. Was it Ice Cube? Yeah. yeah I said Ice Cube. Uh, I, be oh, I, I believed you. I didn't know anything. I thought about, it was Ice so Cube I, too. Was it Natasha Hendricks or was it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Jason Statham was in it too. Yeah, he was. That was his like early, early days. Yeah. Jay Stay. He was Sergeant Jericho. <laughs> that's such a weird, that's such a fucking weird movie. <laughs> it's a crazy movie. The socks that Ice Cube in it. That's why I remember. I swear, I think. Uh, 
I got Natasha Hendricks right. One for two. I'm all right. One for two. Not bad. Fifty <laughs> percent. That's right in the remote viewing uh, wheelhouse. Yeah, there. It's good. Between twenty and eighty. I just <laughs> want to go back to because Dan, you said something about you know just sci- get a science scientist to speculate. Mm-hmm. So, so I would imagine not being one myself and not mm-hmm. having done the research, but like yeah, but you're also five hundred thousand years old. So you've seen a lot of shit. <sighs> I've seen a lot you're of stuff. I've heard a lot of stuff. I've never, I've never put in the work myself. I've never put in the work That's myself. Fine. But I would imagine if you were a, a career scientist, your job is to theorize and speculate, but you really only present what you can back up. Mm-hmm. That would be an amazing podcast. You get like the word, if you could somehow, if you had the poll, if you had the clout to get the world's best scientist and be like, listen, here's the topic. Let's, we're going to straight theorizing. That would be fun. I mean, yeah. I mean, you can get people this. I mean, scientists, they tend to like to speculate. And it's like, if you get them within their thing, it's, uh, you know, at least in like the higher, whatever. They're they're like super nerds, right? They're they're obsessed with like the certain (laughs) field, right? They're obsessed. Well, I mean, they're so obsessed with their their certain field. And, but they only really present publicly what they can back up. But I would imagine, because just they're probably very imaginative, imaginative people just all day, just thinking about all the wild possibilities it could be and like okay, trying to put it together, like, no, nah, I can't go that way. I can't go that way. And eventually you have to settle with something with sound science. But yeah, I, I, I'd listen to that, but um, it'd be so fun. I'd also, I also think you'd kind of find it interesting since like, like I said, this, this discovery did not happen with just one person. Like it is like, it is a group of scientists. Yeah. Like then they all kind of co-published the paper together, their, their findings and things like this. So it's like, you kind of have to have this work through of like different, because they're all special, you know, they're all specialists in their own field. Because you could be like, I mean, they can consider the possibilities. Like when when um, when they found the first kind of evidence of this this presence of phosphine gas, uh, they were still kind of being like, I don't, could there be some other reason for this? And then you send it to like a bunch of other people. But having scientists speculate about stuff is always is always pretty fun. Like I always try to, f- <laughs> I wish you could find more papers on like xenobiology and stuff like this, but it's not like a real. It's not like a real thing. I think Avi Loeb, remember we were talking to uh, Avi Loeb about it. And he's back in biology. Just quickly, because I know what it is. I just need a ref- quick refresher. So like being xenobiology, like if you look it up, actually, a lot of people are like xenobiology is, it'll be like uh, terrestrial organisms here on earth, like invading other environments that aren't theirs or whatever. But like xenobiology um, would be like the search for life, like what life would be like on other planets. I don't know if there's a specific field for it, like off the top of my head. Um, that it's being like, you know, what, what could possibly survive, you know, for, for like, what would life look like, um, underneath Europa, like in Europa or something like that. Frozen oceans of Europa or in Satellus or something. Right. Like what, what would that life look like? Would it be some kind of giant ice squid? Would it be tiny ice squids? Would it be medium sized ice squids? I don't know. (laughs) So those are the scientists I want to talk to then the xenobiologists. Right. You so you'd me? want to talk to somebody like that, or even just, I, I imagine you even want to talk to like a biologist that studies deep sea life, you know, for, for those types of things. Like, a I talked to a scientist that does like a, well, that, yeah, that is the exploration. That is the one of the craziest things about like earth science is we don't really know a lot about the deeps of the ocean. Like we haven't really explored that much. Yeah. Because they're super fucking creepy. Like, <laughs> well, it's, it's like harder, almost harder to go to those depths than it is go to space now, right? Because yeah. now we got the reusable rockets and, and it's much cheaper. And to go that deep, 
well, you, ha- you pretty much have to send drones or it's like really hard to send humans that deep. There's only I been like stay a down hand- there for a long time, really. Well, yeah, there's only been know. a handful yeah. of people who actually made it down the tr- like Mariana's Trench and you only get to s- explore like a small portion of it. James Cameron. <laughs> he would too, you know, for the fucking... Uh, yeah, I just, yeah, it's just, we have so many here on life that the, here on life, here on here earth. Here on like, life. The variety of life on earth is always... Uh, amazing to think about if you actually think about it. Like if you think about what what it's there's stuff that lives on the top of mountains and there's things that live down in the bottom of the oceans and they are all very extremely different. And if you go back even you know into the fossil record, you'll find we're constantly finding new types of organisms. I'm not talking about just dinosaurs, but actually like invertebrates and stuff that look fucking weird. And like scientists are like, I have no idea how this thing functions. I don't know. There's nothing like this that I've ever seen before here. There's some type of analogs uh, that we have in today's insects or crustaceans, but who knows? Like it, it survived in the oceans with no eyeballs, but it was walking around with little crab hands. Like, I don't know. Like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> little crick. Little Zoidberg. Yeah. There's a whole thing where it's like stuff has evolved into crabs like eight times over the history of earth. There's, I keep hearing that, but I have to, I have to follow up on that at some point, but yeah. that's something that people keep saying. Yeah. Like stuff evolves back to being crab-like. Yeah. There's, there's some, there's something that happens. You either die or you live long enough to turn back into a crab. <laughs> Why? Um, it's the, it's the ideal life form. I, True. The, and like with Venus, I love that. I love that thought process of like that runaway greenhouse gas effect. You know, maybe it was started by some sort of advanced civilization, mm. right? Because that thing, you know, you get to a tipping point where it just becomes uncontrollable, right? And then it's just, it takes off and then <laughs> it creates that health. Or you had something, yeah, like you had something set it off. Like it was already pretty bad. And then it was like, oh shit, you know, they drilled too far and the like Balrogs. I like to think that there's potentially, like it could have been an impact of some sort because that's, mm. you know, because that's what's caused it to fucking slow down or go off kilter and... Or rotate as slowly as it does, right? Yeah, I mean, because if the planet had been relatively stable for, let's say, three billion years, and then a billion years ago, something tipped it where, it, like, the volcanism took off at an unprecedented pace or, you know, like, whatever the event, like some massive solar flare evaporated the ocean, you know, the oceans scorched the earth, wiped the atmosphere, and it can never recover. Because... I mean, we didn't really touch on it, but Venus does have like a magnetic, like a magnetosphere. It has like a similar to Earth, not as strong and it doesn't like tail off as long, but it does have one, which is what gives Earth its ability for life pretty much like a, a ref, like refracting and bending all that harmful shit around the planet. So it did have that. And if it was like a water bearing planet and it's the same size relatively the same size and density as earth. That's fucking wild. <laughs> it is crazy to think. It's because a billion then like, years ahead of earth. And then like, just by naturally, like all evidence of whatever was on that planet is destroyed by basically acid rain and just crushed under unbelievable amounts of pressure. Or it's just like, we, it's not accessible. Like we yeah. just couldn't find it if we wanted to. Like we can't get down there to really search for signs of, like we had searched for we can look for the markers of life, but we can't actually search for any life that may have been there. We can't get down to the soil and drill and take off. We can't go like have a little dig and like, oh, there's a fucking megalith here. Let's dig in here and check it out. I think, 
I think this whole, uh, the whole phosphine gas thing too, I think I also read that it's um, like NASA hadn't planned anything, but this actual discovery actually prompted them to to shift their schedule, to change their schedule and be like, okay, we're going to put something over there. So I think they're going to launch another orbiter in the next couple of years to go, like that'll go take a look, a closer look at Venus. Um, I, no, go ahead. I was going to say the NASA director said something along the lines of like, it's time to make Venus a priority again. Right. Good. Well, I, I don't think we're ever going to get there because I think it's their, it's their fucking planet's defense system. They know they have radar. They know we're coming. So they flip on the hell switch and they go to the fucking, <laughs> they go into the center of Venus and hide until we fuck off. <laughs> Cook, they cook their own planet for a bit. Yeah, you know, I mean, maybe stuff does live underground, Venus. I mean, if we're thinking above the clouds, perhaps there's That's good point stuff beneath the surface. Like maybe because I mean, if if I mean, if you don't have anything immediately visible up there, what's to say that the the subterranean Venus is not? Well, dude, Venus there. is probably very similar. If it's the same size and density as Earth, and it has a magnetosphere, it probably has a you know, a turning core, like a molten core, like that's revolving that creates that, you know, like the poles and stuff. On Earth, like after you go like six feet down, the temperature is relatively stable. Just six feet, right? So if it's 50 degrees in the desert and you could dig a hole into the bedrock six feet and like seal it off on top, underneath it's relatively constant all year. So even if that was, because it's obviously, it's, you know, a hundred times hotter on Venus, even if you had to drill a hundred feet down and it was relatively like constant, who's to say, yeah, like stuff hadn't developed subterranean. That's pretty cool. Or if you had like, yeah, cave systems and stuff that went yeah. deep, right? Like caverns or something, some system of caverns is down through there. I don't know if we, I mean, we haven't, we haven't oh. penetrated Venus yet. So it's like, <laughs> because that's the thing. If it was a, so it it's was a climate, sexy. say it was a climate change. <laughs> I fucked a planet, Morty. <laughs> <laughs> No, say it was like a climate change issue, right? Like we always talk about climate change, like, oh, it's happening. Like it's going to happen. Well, boom, overnight, all of a sudden, boom. But it could have been, you know, a million years. And whatever life that was on there had slowly adapted as to the rising temperatures and the rising CO2 and eventually has slowly adapted underground. Like it's not mm -hmm. like there's life. The next day, the CO2 was 96% and it was 450 degrees. It had probably been a slow, drawn out, process to the point where that's life couldn't exist and then there was no turning back i think either way like if you if we found something even if it were just like floating bacteria like out there in the clouds or something like that it would, it would change the entire everything we're trying to our entire perspective it would widen our perspective about where life could be it's everywhere which is just like being like if this could if life could exist here on this planet that we always thought was totally uninhabitable but now it that stuff does grow here. It's everywhere. Um, it could be, like yeah, that. it increases the chances exponentially of planets supporting some type of life out there when we get <laughs> out in the, the rest of the galaxy. I think it's, uh, uh, it's I, I look forward, I'm looking forward to, to what their, their findings are going to be once they get these, these, I think they're parking, uh, the Venus Life Finder missions are partnering with, uh, I think it was Rocket Labs or something, um, some type of private rocket tree Thing. Now, but it, I don't know it, 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 it's, if this pops off like yeah it's gonna be fine on the, cool on the terraforming uh, aspect again what, what I I found my notes there it was really interesting because they said we could see drastic drastic we could make drastic changes if we had some sort of like basically a mirror system it wouldn't have, it could be a thin like thin foil or whatever just to block out the sun for Venus uh, 
and we could cool the planet uh, in 60 years to a critical point where it's 31 uh, degrees Celsius, where at that point, CO2 starts to turn into liquid form. And we would start a cascade effect where basically there would be like a 50 year torrential downpour of rain of just like the worst fucking rain you've ever seen at all times, all through the day. And we would drop the temperature so much that by 200 years, it would be a frozen hellscape of just, we, you could walk on the surface of Venus because the, we would have the pressures down to uh, about five bar and all the CO2 would be frozen uh, in like huge <laughs> glaciers of CO2. And then basically that would be the building block of what then we would have to go, okay, well, we got to get rid of all the CO2 before we reheat this sucker up. <laughs> but uh, it was interesting. They, they were like drastic changes within 200 years we could do. But then the if rest... If we build giant space mirrors. Yeah, if we build giant space mirrors. The rest is thousands. Yeah, we could build giant space mirrors. You get to cool down Venus plus... Giant space mirrors equal giant space lasers. Everybody knows that. So then we'd have... How big do the space mirrors have to be? Well, I think it has to blot out the sun. Oh, just get Mr. Burns on the phone. Well, I guess if to blot out the sun, it'd have to be... Well, I mean, you have to do the little triangulation, but it would have to be a massive disk, but like, you know, 100,000 kilometers from Venus. Well, and it couldn't be just a disk. It would have to be like spheres broken up into like a cone. Disco ball, oh, disco balls, a giant disco Basically, ball. Basically, because yeah. I can't remember I I can't remember why the there was a certain reason why um well yeah, you you wouldn't have to block out all the sun, but you have to decrease the energy enough to start really changing stuff. Yeah. Whatever, giant disco balls on Venus, sign me up. Sounds rad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had you a blue sexy alien, Dan. Don't lie. Yeah. <laughs> uh. I mean, we're sending, you got giant disco balls, you got lasers shooting into the clouds. Sounds like a recipe for a fucking rat ass party. Yeah, it sounds <laughs> like fucking Intergalactic Studio 54, man. Yeah. yeah. Blimp, Blimp City. It, that's the other interesting thing is that you could like, <clears throat> yeah, you could have like a, like a, a mobile, like base on Venus, like a research facility that was, you know, like we said, just propelled, like where you could study and, and do these things while we were terraforming a planet or trying to. I think, yeah, I think that's one of the things like, uh, uh, like they've said before, it's like potentially you could just have, I mean, even right now, just thinking in the immediate future, you could perhaps, uh, field a, a type of like research platform that could potentially be staffed by humans that would just kind of float on the clouds above Venus. I think they're still trying to figure out a way to kind of, um, mitigate the, the effect of sulfuric acid and that kind of degradation that would, the stress that would put on the materials. I got it. But. I got it. I just had a thought. So if the atmosphere is so dense and we talked about the wind speeds are constant, have you ever seen those prototypes of like some type of like carbon nanotube tower to space? Yeah. So instead of building a tower from space eh, to the surface, I was thinking the same thing. You bit, you bit, you have a, a massive ship with the wingspan, you know, the right ratio to be able to maintain it. And then you attach a carbon nanotube out into space and you have a space station that is just orbiting attached well, to and, this fucking. And that that's a great idea because the lasting effects of zero gravity are so harmful on humans. So that way you could th- like, while you were doing this research for the majority of the time, you could have the, you know, you could live on the station that's in where the gravity is. Right. So you're, it, you're not getting fucked up by the zero gravity. 
So are you talking? Wait, are you talking from nanotube from surface to the? No, atmosphere? I'm talking. I'm talking from atmosphere to space. To space, and yeah. then so you you get a spaceship, right? Yeah. You take your whatever your name your space spacecraft. You dock it on the at the space station, the carbon nan nanotube. <laughs> you elevate it down to the well atmosphere of, platform, and then you yeah. live there for whatever time is a better for human existence than living in space. Go back up, off you go. And I and I don't think you like you wouldn't use a lot of energy to get the rotation because the, the Venus doesn't rotate very fast or as fast. What's wi but it's windy as fuck. Yeah, I guess so. Oh yeah. But once but once if you it, once the tube is straight and it's got the tension on it and it's in space and in the clouds, it should be fine. It should it should be fine. I mean, yet the tube's got to probably be like fucking a hundred kilometers long or something. But hey. If we have all, if we got Elon Musk's resources, we can do whatever we want. Man, yeah. just single-handedly <laughs> bought Twitter, okay? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> $44 billion. No big deal. Wow. But anyways, yeah, a lot of cool theories about Venus. I mean, uh, the speculation can run wild because it, they think a billion years ago, this greenhouse, whatever caused it, it ran away and there's no getting it back except if you could build a massive array of space mirrors. <laughs> and there's yeah. perhaps... Actual, you know, we have good evidence to support something. I mean, something weird is happening on Venus. We just yeah. don't know what it is. There's alien and life. That's no one. Want, there's not enough evidence there's to alien fully life, admit it. And it's sexy and blue. And sexy and blue. They just don't it, want to admit it yet. They is need it more blue evidence. because of the lack of oxygen? <laughs> no, it just increases the sexiness. Everyone there's just always a choking themselves just a little, yeah, little cyanotic. A, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Auto cyanotic at all times yeah. in, on Venus. I guess, I guess it would be blue or green. If it's, they said that it's absorbing all the, the light on like the UV spectrum and like the red, like the red area. If it's absorbing those things, like it would appear technically, it would probably appear blue or like green. Perhaps. Maybe that's it. <laughs> I'm going to be so disappointed when they're like, it's some blue green sky algae. <laughs> That'd still be cool. That's still, <laughs> cool, still like, that's amazing. Still cool, yeah. That's yeah. still life. That's and if life exists there in that form, like in that like simplistic form, chances of uh, existing on the moons of Jupiter or Saturn or in other solar systems just goes through the roof. And oh, it's yeah, like Europa time. or something like where there's, you know, liquid water, yeah. Maybe that is the event that, we, like we talked about all these ET cases now, these UFOs, the alien visitation, the abductions, Maybe for these ET species who's been visiting or they're the scientists on Earth, they're just waiting for us to find it in our own solar system. So when they come out and be like, we found it there and now we actually there is sentient super Every, intelligent it's life forms. Yeah. It's everywhere. Congratulations. Welcome to the Galactic Federation. Yeah. Uh, Here's your badge and your mop. <laughs> yeah. Here's your t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, you your start polo. at the bottom. You got to work your way up the ladder. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Fridays are casual Fridays. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, it's fun. Uh, it's fun to you know. It's fun to look into different planets in our solar system. It's Life could be right here. We don't have to. It could be. Maybe we don't have to go right that far. here. Doesn't have to be another dimension or another galaxy or another solar system. Could just be next door. Still plenty of stuff here to to learn here in our own solar sexy, system. Sexy, sexy blue aliens. Sexy await solar system. Just one planet over. That's it. I've heard enough. <laughs> All right, this week's Theorite of the Week. I got to give it to Jessica Silver Lotus on Discord for sending me, let's pull it up here. You know, my daughter has not been sleeping very well lately. Not very well at all. 
but she sent this book, Squatchy's Adventure from A to Z. You start reading to her? Instantly to sleep. So I got to thank you for that. We got the Hool, the Basilisk. It goes through all cryptids A to Z or A to Z if you're south to the border. And the last one is actually Zeltron, surprisingly. I didn't mm -hmm. even know I was in the, in the book, but... They know. <laughs> they know, I guess. So this week's Theory of the Week, Jessica Silver Lotus, thank you very much for sending Cheers. that in. You don't have to send us stuff to get Theory of the Week, but when people do... It helps. It <laughs> <laughs> and you heard it at the start of the episode. You're going to hear it again. So just sit right there and listen up. If you're not supporting the show, you know where to go by now. Alientheorist.com. To hell. To hell. Go straight to <laughs> Venus if you're not supporting the show. <laughs> You know what you get. A week early to all the case files, cosmic channels, bonus stuff, blah, blah, blah. Discord access. We appreciate all the support. This week's newest supporters, Megan Moog, Nicholas Willett. Good one. Good one coming up here. Jack Mihoff. <laughs> Got you good. Got you good, good fucker. Got him. John Wantland. Alex Richmond, Chris Bacchus, Kishan Underwood, Creamy Torium. That's a good one. Good one. <laughs> that is a good one. <laughs> Gilbert Leary, <laughs> Jankers O'Houlihan. Nice. Cool. And Chris Maga. Thank you very much for supporting the show. And as we always say at the end of these things, keep those eyes on the skies. See you in after hours. 